0: the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening
1: to The John DePietro Show. It's spring, and Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island is your lawn care company. Call them today for a free quote, 401 392-1025. Check out their website lawndoctor.com. Your best lawn ever guaranteed. Call them now. Get that spring program. You have the fertilizer, then you guaranteed broadleaf crabgrass control. Your best lawn ever guaranteed. Call Lawn Doctor today. Check out their website lawndoctor.com or call them 401-392-1025. Petro on am 1380 99.9 fm folks you can always listen online at the website topetro.com well today is wednesday it's june 2nd it was a year ago one year ago was that riot in downtown providence that uh it started out on monday night and there was a little bit of a buzz but it just had never had been anything like this and you were seeing this going on in other cities things were starting to be what was then going to be a complete summer of unrest but uh because nothing had happened you know, a lot of people were taking it seriously, and I'll even say myself, some people were saying, I think there's something going on tonight. But at eleven o'clock, eleven thirty, there were not maybe there were twenty people, fifteen people, and then it just erupted and it raged till four AM and all the violence and destruction downtown and the next morning it was one year ago, Providence Mayor Alorza. Was uh, out there holding a press conference and completely lost control of the city it was not the police fault they were told basically to stand down they tried to get control of the situation but by then things had just gone completely out of control and here's the the real story is it's a year later and the city has not recovered folks this is something that people are finding that last year with all the unrest in the major cities people don't want to put up with it people don't want to deal with that people don't want to live with that i mean it really comes down to that if you have a choice and that's what's so sad and unfortunate about the city of providence so you're always going to have some places that will be successful but you know other places need people to pop in try a new place right maybe go to a place you've never been before some of the mainstains will always do well but then you also sort of the fall and again, I go back to his mayor laws are dictating, let them go, let them do it. Peaceful protesters, blah, blah, blah. And they really hurt Federal Hill and they hurt the psyche. People don't want to deal with that. People don't want to be in that situation. People go out to relax and have a nice dinner with family and friends. They don't want to have to worry or deal with protesters or people coming up to their table and all the unrest and you have allowed loud mobs and they're all chanting and they're in masks and who knows what they're going to do i mean it is uh it is just insanity but what you're seeing is now a year later the major cities and the decisions by the progressive mayors to allow it they're the ones that really are to blame there was a uh, a big dynamic and a, a big difference last fall between the two cities Cranston mayor alan fung and his police department they said no way You are not, said to the protesters, we're not going to allow you to come in here and destroy the city of Cranston. We're not going to let you come into Garden City. We're not going to let you do vandalism. At one point, they were trying to come in. A bunch of them, you know, they're destructive and they're degenerates and they have knives and and they're there for anarchy and to destroy and smash windows and property. And, you know, first of all, several things of this. Anyone that, sometimes they just say, well, you know, it was just a few broken windows. If you've ever been around, when a huge picture window smashes, it's terrifying. It is loud, and the glass shatters everywhere. No, mind that stuff isn't easy to repair and fix. And when people start doing it, and it just, it becomes a riot atmosphere, and it's uh and it's frightening, and people start to go outside of themselves, and um and it it, and uh, when I've been around it, it's it's a very disturbing. It's not the adrenaline of being at, say, like a very exciting Patriots game where you're in the stands and everyone is united. It's not like that. It's far more violent. It's chaotic. And things just start to spiral out of control. Well, mayor Lewis are allowed that to take hold in the city of Providence. And here it is a year later, and the city has not recovered. And there are people saying, I, I don't know if I want to reopen the store. Why? What if there's another protest again? You know, as many of you know, I have been very outspoken, probably the only one, about just how damaging these things are. And, and as much as people say, oh, no, you know, they're just peaceful protesters. You know, who wants to be sitting at dinner as 100 people come by you and they're chanting and they're loud and they're screaming at the table and surrounding you? And and people are frightened by it. And here's the thing. People have options people you don't people don't have to deal with it a lot of the suburban communities that have restaurants have been doing phenomenal business and it comes at unfortunately the people that are getting hurt by it are a lot of the people who used to be located in downtown providence and i don't know what's going to happen and i know people hear a lot of talk about that but that was unusual um i think there's been also a great debate on whether or not it could could have been prevented they they've prevented it after that and they've gotten better at doing it I want to give credit. It was Governor Raimondo that, after that riot, called out the National Guard and basically imposed a curfew in the city of Providence. Because otherwise, folks, people, they just want to start doing it over and over. You know, the next night, so you had the riot. And then the next night, uh, I was at the Providence Place Mall outside doing a Facebook Live. And the curfew was set for 8 o'clock. And it was either 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock. And you see these people start showing up and they were lone wolves and they were you know male odd early 20s uh looking for to jump in to be part of the crowd you know the copycats the people that feel they missed out like you you get those are the type of people that you start to draw those are the type of people that are attracted to something like that the family of four the couple or two couples out on a date have nice dinner and uh, spend some money there they have no interest in in anything like that it's the uh the the social misfits that are attracted to something like that so it's sad a year later and the decisions by providence mayor jorge alorza to allow this whole narrative of let them vent and mostly peaceful and blah 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 and that's also why you know people are in congress like david cicilline they're shocked and why don't people want hearings on what happened on january 6th and you know why because you you watched what happened all summer all summer you watched the quote peaceful protesters destroying all the major cities and the violence is still done in places like new york have still not recovered atlanta has not recovered providence has not recovered um not so much interesting in boston boston had some parts but boston had some parts where they kind of always have some problems but still the major cities are still reeling and i'm still not convinced that people are going to ever go back the way it was all right a lot more ahead you're listening to the john DePetro show well it's a challenge to run your business these days maybe you need to find the right type of workers why not let meager professionals find them for you call meager professionals today serving rhode island and massachusetts 508 336 7801 MEGA MEGA professionals 508 336 7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work, you need drivers, certified help, part time, full time, maybe weekend work. 508- 336-7801 again 508 336-7801 you focus on your business let mega professionals help you find the workers mega professionals 508
2: 336-7801 have you been thinking about updating your website do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business com.
1: Listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays, we start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website. It's uh, depetro.com. Joining us right now, he's a columnist for the Boston Globe. It's Dan McGowan. And Dan, you know, it's interesting, uh, your column, I'm, I'm glad you wrote about it because I've noticed it. It's been bubbling up. Uh, the, I, I wouldn't even say it's passive. I mean, there is an active... Front against the education commissioner on social media, and now you have a big defender of her stepping forward and making allegations that that they feel that it or he feels that it's it's race related.
0: Yeah, this is an interesting situation because y- you got it exactly right. I mean, it is very clear. That there's a kind of public concerted effort, uh, largely by the teachers unions and certainly their kind of supporters, um, to uh, to push the commi- commissioner Infante Green out of her job. Right, I, that that's clearly what's happening. That I think the effort was first uh, focused on Harrison Peters, the superintendent, um, and and now it has shifted to uh, Infante Green. Uh, what what is interesting now is yes, you have. Uh, one of the top advisors, a guy named Victor Capion, uh, former Central Falls superintendent, one of her first, in fact, maybe her first hire um, as commissioner. They've been longtime friends. They knew each other. In the- uh, I believe Victor Capion is the godfather to one of her children. Um and he, uh, and basically, he what he did over the weekend was send out a text message, rather lengthy text message, to uh, a, a handful—I would say even more than that, several dozen—people um, who I, I think he perceived to be supporters of the superintendent uh, or the, the commissioner. We're talking other uh, educators, kind of people in the nonprofit community, certainly some uh, you know, activists who very much focus on. Uh, you know, race and and, uh, ethnicity type issues, and he basically spelled out a case to say, I think this is becoming, you know, a racist situation. I think the commissioner is being targeted because of this. Very clear, he believes it's kind of led by the teachers' union. Uh, it's an interesting strategy. I mean, I think it's very controversial. Anytime, you know, essentially the number two commissioner is kind of drumming up this sort of issue and is trying to get people to kind of side with her and testify at public meetings. Uh, it's news in and of itself. When it becomes kind of a race issue, uh, it adds an extra layer to this. And I think, John, as you said, right off the top there, I mean, this is definitely uh, getting very ugly. Um, yeah. And what, what it really does is put, um, I think Governor McKee, in a really interesting spot because, you know, the he has to kind of – he has to battle between wanting to get reelected or elected next year. He wants the teachers' union uh, to at least be neutral, I think, in the race for right. governor. Um, and then, you know, he's got a situation where he, he is also going and saying, hey – I want to take more control of the teachers contract negotiations i want to um you know set the commissioner aside a bit i want things to calm down Is what he's really i mean his number one goal is this is no longer a news story and i think victor capillon really blew that up uh by, by by sending out this text message and then having it end up in my hands
1: he did this is uh it just reminds me it just seems like it's on the verge of just like an all-out brawl. I mean, there's definitely like pushing back and forth. And Peter's, uh, that cut some blood in the water. But Dan McGowan, you and I were both, I think it was back in March now, when Governor McKee was having the press conference and there were people there with the, the mother, the representatives from the uh, charter schools in, in Black Lives Matter was there. And that was also when you broke the story that basically Infante Green and Harrison Peters, they were not even sitting in the same room Right. Judge Flaherty had to walk back and forth. But now, back then, back in March, the charter school, they were making allegations and posting things. And you see a, a picture of Mary Beth Calabro, all of her union representatives. And with the exception, I think there's one person. But other than that, I mean, they're not wrong. It's it's entirely white yeah I,
0: there's no doubt i mean look the, the province teachers union leadership i think the lead the teachers union leadership in general certainly in rhode island and you know in many cases across the country tends to lean heavily white and there's no question that's true the one thing you know whenever you start to get into and john you've covered this for years but whenever you get into the sort of you know race conversation or ethnic conversation um, there's always the kind of fine line that you have to dance. Is it race or is it just simply a status quo issue? Right. And I, and I think the teachers union here, you know, it's hard to ignore that they didn't really like Ken Wagner, the, the white education commissioner. They certainly didn't like Deborah Gist, the, no. white, the white education commissioner. You know, I, I, there, there's a, there's almost a different argument to, ha- to be had about, uh, a, you know, whether or not protecting the status quo is racist in a district where, you know, 91% of kids are students of color. So I'm not totally convinced that this is simply a race issue. So I think it's a factor. I do. Uh, if, do I think if the commissioner had maybe a handful of more, you know, powerful people in her corner, would you see so much vitriol? Probably not um what what she has is the kind of the worst of all worlds right she's got a governor who i think wants to support her but has politics to think about she has um she has had missteps i mean there's no question about that uh with this providence takeover so there's at least a level of you know there is credibility to the argument that maybe she needs to go or maybe she needs to be sidelined there's at least a you know a reasonable part of that and then you know, being Latina, I think, is a factor as well. So it's it's almost say it's almost a perfect storm kind yeah. of rising up against her.
1: The very at the very least, I mean, they're beyond disrespectful. They post about, uh, you know, the fact that what her real accomplishments are, what her real background is. She's never been this. She's never been that. Right. Uh, she's got to go. Uh, Dan McGowan, what do you what is your take on the fact that Governor McKee decided to pull her off? Uh, because at the time, I I will admit, with her and Harrison Peters, at the very least, it seemed very time-consuming that I believe it was twice a week they had to go and sit in the room or then at least be there for negotiations. What What is your view on Governor McKee uh, pulling her off the, the negotiation part?
0: Well, there's, there's a couple of things here, right? So one is this is a classic move by uh, this governor, and I think it would be probably similarly made by you know, a Gina Raimondo or, or, or other governors, It's one of those things where you want to tell the public you're doing something. And so this, the truth is that that there had already been an agreement several weeks ago to kind of change up how, um, how negotiations were going to go. Uh, yeah. the, the governor assigned this to Tony Afonso. In fact, I think you and I talked about that almost right out of the gate once he became yes. the governor. Uh, yeah. And so that part of this had already been in the works and there was a little bit of uh, it was almost it was, the way it was described to me is if you remember the week before uh, the when you and I talked the week before Harrison Peters resigned, there was this conversation from this, from the commissioner who said, um, you know, we're going to take him out of hiring decisions. And it was a weird way to say we're, you know, we're, we're penalizing him, but we're not ready to say we're getting rid of him yet. I think similarly, this is one of those ways to say, Hey, see, we took action. We did something. We kind of slapped the commissioner on the wrist. Uh, I think, Substantively, I think it's the right move for all the reasons you just described. They have spent like 600 hours
1: insanity, absolute insanity. That's
0: right. And and remember, you know, I go back to this, and you know, you're one of the people that I think uh, was pushing this sort of at the very beginning of the takeover. You'd say, at what point is she going to start thinking about the rest of the state? Remember, she is the state educator. So yeah, right. while, while Providence is obviously the hotbed, it's the biggest issue, it's certainly the biggest mess right now, um, it almost makes sense to say, hey, you know, let's let's get some new blood in there, let's change up the way negotiations work. Now, the real danger, though, is, again, you've got a governor who's got politics to think about. And so do you come to a point where you get an agreement that really doesn't change anything and... Then we're just, you know, we're going years and years more of, you know, struggling Providence public schools. So it'll be interesting to see how the commissioner plays this. I think she might be slightly relieved to not have to go to those meetings, get yelled at, you know, all that sort of stuff. At the same time, what she doesn't want to do is come, let's say, August 1st. Oh, there's an agreement and I'm going to have to pretend to be supportive of it when it, when actually it's just kind of a status quo agreement. So I would say, keep a atten- uh, keep, keep your eyes on that.
1: Dan McGowan talk though. about I mean, I don't mean talk, but just when talking about and looking at it, just how broken this thing is the think of high level negotiations, right? TV, uh, you know, the, the rights for the NFL on right. television or LeBron to the Lakers or, you know, uh, Kyrie to the Nets or Brady to Tampa Bay or any big merger. <laughs> this is a, failed school district it's the providence <laughs> teachers union contract and it's going on and it's hours and going back and forth like it's a high level this is it's not like it's the number one district in the country right. it's an admitted failed state takeover and they can't even get to first base all right quick break a lot more dan mcgowan of the boston globe right here on the john de show 321 that's 401-321-2799 or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com It's spring and time to call J. K. L. Engineering today at 401-351-7600 J. K. Engineering licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts you know pretty soon it'll be warm it'll be hot why not have central air for your home call J. K. L. Engineering today 401 401- Remember, with J.K.L., estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. In the wintertime, J.K.L., they can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. It's going to be a hot summer. Call J.K.L. Engineering today. Be nice and cool in your home this summer. Call J.K.L., 401-351-7600. For 54 years, J.K.L.'s reputation, second to none especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction. J.K.L., they do it right. They do it right the first time. They're an approved National Grid VPI installer. J.K.L. is also a Navien certified factory dealer called J.K.L. for a system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. Call J.K.L. Engineering today. For, light for Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 401 351 7600 401 351 7600. It's JK Engineering. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, I want to just stay on Governor McKee and the decision to change it up with the negotiations. You know, I'll say this um, the impression I get of him lately, and just as I'm, we're all developing one, is first of all, he's very comfortable in his own skin. If he doesn't know, he'll come right out and say, you know, I I don't know all the ins and outs of that, which I find refreshing. But also, he does support things. And when asked about removing the commissioner from the negotiations, he'd said, you know, well, in my experience as mayor, I don't think that's always good because you're too close to it. So, you know, for someone who is just kind of, you know, on the sidelines and lieutenant governor and he's never going to try to run for president. He does have uh, a, a, I don't want to say method to the madness, but in his own way, he seems very comfortable. Like, listen, why don't we just try it a different way? And doesn't make a lot of fanfare about it and doesn't surround himself with all these different people. But I I mean, at the very least, it can't get any worse than it's been.
0: Yeah, you're right about this. There's something kind of charming about, Sort yes. of the way he approaches this, and it's such a contrast to Gina Raimondo, who, oh, yeah. you know, is is going to always be, or was always the person who kind of knew what was best and wanted to make a decisive uh, decision. Now, you know, in, in a crisis, right, if, if, if we were just entering the pandemic, let's say, I think a governor, maybe not having all the answers or not projecting confidence would be concerning, right? And Dan McKee m- might have struggled at the beginning of COVID, whereas Gina Raimondo, you know, did her homework, focused on things, had all the answers, generally speaking, you know, when she was being uh, uh, asked the questions, whether she was right or wrong, is a different conversation. Um... So, so that's, you know, one place, but now coming out of a pandemic, when it comes, when it starts to become more, you know, uh, Providence is a statewide issue, but it's, it's also a very low. So he's a guy who's going to think about this from how he would do it if he were the mayor of Providence or as, as the former mayor of Cumberland. Um, So I think it makes some sense. The, the one critique I've heard about him particularly on this issue uh, and I think it's a fair one is you can't pretend like doing it the Cumberland way, uh, you know, works in the capital city, right? Yep. You can't pretend like you know you're you're able to just uh, uh, ignore you know years of struggling and years of fight. I mean, how many years have we been fighting, you know, in Providence with teachers and in administration? So you can't kind of pretend like that never happened and then start from scratch. And so I think the key here is to you know, see where they, you know, how much progress they make. Because one of the things that's been, I think, one of the most astute points that you almost exclusively have made throughout these Providence teachers contract negotiations is the Providence teachers, uh, and, and teachers in general, but the Providence teachers specifically, are very good at waiting you out, right? Oh, yeah. It, and the thing is, is new, you know, new boss, Governor McKee comes in, or he puts yep. his chief of staff in there, they will wait him out too. Oh, yeah. Uh, they play the long game. It is not a, this is not an effort to, you know, they're not suddenly going to change everything on a dime just because there's a new face in the room. Um, does it maybe, you know, relieve some tension? Do you potentially, you know, make some headway? I think the answer to that is, is certainly possible. It's, it's definitely true. But um, what you don't want to see is the, the situation where, you know he thinks he's coming in with this refreshing new way to do business and actually you know four months from now we're talking about going into a you know into the school year without a new contract because they are waiting him out
1: oh yeah and and Dan McGowan you know, I used to refer to it as I'm, I'm going to go and I'll be covering the Gina show when she was having the COVID briefings because it was the Gina show. She was clearly in charge. She would let everyone know this is my team. I'm the captain of the team and so forth. How do you think it's playing with, for instance, like yesterday, um, he has his lieutenant governor, Sabina, uh, Sabina Matos, who's there with him. And how, how do you think that's playing the new kind of team that he's always representing It's the two of them. She has her part of it. Seems very comfortable in it. Uh, how do you think that's playing?
0: You know, it's funny. I'd love to see some public polling on it. My guess is yeah. it's not playing either way particularly well because they haven't had a major. It's not like Sabina Matos is in charge of vaccinations in Woonsocket or something like that. Right. Right? So if she had a big, you know, a major, major issue to take control of, um, I think you'd maybe you'd probably see either, you know, some level of, of criticism or you'd be able to see her maybe more in action and showing what she has to do. Um, but I think overall, again, it makes some level of sense. You know, he, he's willing to say uh, and it takes it, it does take a lot. I don't know. Courage is the right word, but. Politicians hate to say they don't know the answer, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've covered Mara Lorza for seven years now. Meryl Lorza has never not had the answer to, to any question you ask right. him, uh, and whether he's right or wrong. it, it doesn't. And Gina Raimondo was like this too. Um, th- this governor is willing to say, hey, you know what? Uh, affordable qu- uh, housing kind of question comes up. That's on my lieutenant governor. She's taking care of him. He'll refer right to her. Uh, I think yesterday they even had a little bit of a, a disagreement over the the you know uh, law enforcement officers' bill of rights. Yeah, they acknowledge that. Um, you know, it plays okay. I think in the room, I think for for, for reporters and people who cover it, I think it, it it plays all right. The the challenge is is you know as you as you do have a, a major issue or as you get closer to a campaign, uh, he's not going to be able to you know let the lieutenant governor answer every question for him, because you will start to see, you'll start to see the other candidates, I think, push back on that. Um, And Sabina Matos is going to have to start to think about, all right, well, there is a scenario where I get reelected and, or elected and Dan McKee doesn't. So, you know, she she may not always want to be the, you know, the super close partner to Dan McKee. She's going to want to have her own lane. And again, she's going to have to work with, uh, if she were to get reelected next year, too, she's going to have to work with whoever the governor is.
1: What is he going to do about the Providence pension situation?
0: I would say I would be stunned, John, if a seven more than seven hundred million dollar <laughs> bond uh, It's
1: is, laughable. To even think about it's but... a
0: it's such a massive number. And the thing is, yeah. John, there's there's a it, it,
1: it,
0: you know pensions are are either very interesting when they're, you know, when it's a hot button issue or very much in the weeds. This is a very much in the weeds conversation, but, but to want to borrow $700 million without voter approval, um, without any changes to union contracts. um, I, I think that the challenge here, Dan McKee calls it a, you know, a gamble or a risk. It's not just a gamble or a risk. It's also, I think, classic Providence and classic Mayor Lorza, it doesn't – they they didn't do all of the work necessary to bring this discussion to the forefront. I'd be stunned if it were to move forward in this session.
1: Yeah, he seems to be doing kind of the heavy – letting others do the heavy lifting by weighing in, saying it's a risky bet. And uh, and Mayor Lorza, I mean, one thing, he certainly identifies that that is the problem – Dan McGowan, it is interesting to me that once again, you know, Governor Mckee was the mayor and common lieutenant governor. Providence, the mismanagement of Providence just continues to monopolize time and there's so much money, but no one will step in and really do the hard, you know, heavy lifting of trimming things, trimming workforce, trimming pensions, anything like that. It just look at this; it's 2021. Angel Tavares had flirted with putting in a bankruptcy. Chafee wouldn't let him, and it just continues to spiral out of control. A
0: decade ago, John, this was, yeah. you know, Angel Tavares of took office a decade ago, and by yeah. the way, there was years before that, David Cicilline at different points had either you know, a, a city running relatively well to, in some eyes, and then you know, towards the end, when you had the banking crisis, or the, you know, housing crisis, uh, you know, the city went in the tank there. There were lots of these conversations, they continue to be an issue, and you do hear you know again, my gut is this bond proposals probably got no chance, but make no mistake about it. One of the things that everybody says, say treasurer magazine or some of the you know the 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 financial experts in this state say Providence is the biggest problem facing the state yeah. of Rhode Island, so this conversation is go is not going anywhere, and it's it, what it is is you know there're not to get way in the weeds on this, but on this pension bond the, the mayor has an idea that is. Uh, he can talk you into it. Like if, if he was having a conversation with you, he would be able to answer every single piece of criticism yep. that you have. Yes. The problem is, is that he has done none of the other work. It's not, you know, he's got to negotiate changes to, to, to pensions, things like that. He's got to show, I think the people who matter. And in, in this case, that's the legislature and that's the yep. governor. Uh, and, and to some degree, the state treasurer, He's gotta show them that he can do more than just put out big ideas and leave it on everybody else to figure out. He's never been able to do that on almost any major issue. Remember, he tried to sell a water supply board. He didn't bring people along there. And that's where you're gonna have this situation where the next governor and the next mayor are gonna be in the same place that, that the last mayor, the last governor were in when it comes to Providence.
1: And Dan McGowan, if you're governor McKee. You know, you're going to be facing this kind of primary. Why help them out? That's right. Why bail them out? No way. Yeah. This kind of sinks them and keeps them on, you know, at least damages them in the race. Folks, another quick break. A lot more. Dan McGowan, columnist of the Boston Globe, right here on the John DePietro Show. Spring is here. Time to contact Bethel Certified Software. You can text Jared a free estimate at 401-617-2585. Bethel certified softwash. They have a great website. It's rhodeislandsoftwashing.com. Outside your home, let's get rid of the grime and the stains, maybe some of that, that green algae and moss and mildew that build up over the course of the winter. Call Bethel certified softwash today. Again, outside your restaurant or your home, or a roof, or a deck, or a patio, or a walkway. It's Bethel Certified Soft House. Remember, it's biodegradable. It's plant-safe. Look for them on Facebook, Bethel, B-E-T-H-E-L. Their Facebook page, the before and after, are just tremendous. Contact them today for a free same-day text estimate, 401 617-2585, 401-617-2585. 617 617 Again, remember, they have a great website. It's Rhode rhodeislandsoftwashing.com, Bethel certified soft wash and power wash.
2: Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? contact Karen Etchells at InnoVast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com.
1: What's the point of having an appliance if it doesn't work properly, or maybe you have problems with it? I'll tell you what you should do. As I like to say, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Easy to remember, Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. I've used Ryan on several occasions, whether it's for your washing machine or maybe your dryer or the refrigerator, or your stove, or oven, or microwave, any appliance, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan, 401-710-7096. I was having a problem with our, our clothes dryer. What would happen? It wouldn't turn on. No way they were going to dry the clothes. I called Ryan's appliance repair. He fixed that in about five minutes, and the oven wouldn't heat up, I called Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401 710 7096. He fixed the he fixed the the oven in about five minutes. Folks, call them. All work is guaranteed for 90 days. Parts and labor. Senior citizens discounts are available and Saturday appointments are available. Come on, call Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401 710 7096. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Now Dan, we hear about all this federal money that's coming in. The question is, though, in your mind, who's going to control it? This was a big battle where Governor Mundo held onto to the money. General Assembly didn't have it. Certainly Lieutenant Governor McKee didn't have it. But who's going to control the money now with all this federal money coming in?
0: I would be shocked if the legislature kind of uh, took a back seat. To Dan McKee, the way that Gina Ramunda, that they did to Gina Ramondo, right? Agreed. Uh, I, I, you know, Gina Ramondo was a force of nature. Um, you know, I, I think.
1: Yellow had also had a grand jury on him, so he that, was in no position to right. walk.
0: That well, great, yeah. it's a great point. There was there were a lot of political dynamics there uh, that were you know that were not things that, that that benefited the legislature. And Gina Raimondo was able to do it. And by the way, you know there are people who would say she did a great job. There are certainly legitimate arguments. You and I have both made Ooh. them and talked about them. That. There should have been more oversight over how that that original billion dollars was spent. Um, My guess would be you're going to see some sort of agreement now. And McKee, right, is playing this game just, just as we were talking about before with the teachers. He wants, he does not want to fight, right? He does not want to have a end of session or special session with a legislature where it's a battle where it's you know i'm threatening to veto this or you know who's in because the the truth is the this the way this works uh you know he's still the new guy and in the case of the house and the senate you're gonna have you know, all these all these people, longtime politicians who have relationships with reporters who have the yep. you know, their spokespeople have, you know, speed dial for Ted Nisi or Kathy Gregg or me or whatever. And they're going to say, you know, hey, you wouldn't believe what Governor McKee is trying here. Uh, so there'll be a lot of back and forth there. I think what Dan McKee wants is uh, he wants to uh, have this go smoothly and he's willing to have that conversation about um you know, allowing the the House and the Senate to come along with him. And you know what he'll he'll do? I mean, what he'll probably do the kind of similar to what you often see mayors do with their city councils, he'll cut a deal where he'll get some part of the money that he gets to oversee, Uh, you know, it'll probably be the things that get you uh, elected governor, right? It'll be small business money, it will be, uh, you know, the, the things that will make voters happy. And he'll probably give up a lot of control, I think, to, yeah. uh, to to the Senate president or the speaker on the issues that they care most about. Um, and, and I think I, so that, that's where I think this is going. And you're going to see it. I mean, it's going to be a special session. So, you know, we're going to have a, a summer where we might get to relax a little bit, but then they're going to come back in the fall and really hash this thing out.
1: I hear it's a battle. I hear the Chikachi, that Shikachi, that they're like, no way. We control the money. You can administer the money, but we control it. And I don't think the governor went to the Shikachi fundraiser last week.
0: I believe that is right, which is very stunning. By the way, Giro Mundo hated Nick Hello, and went to all his fundraisers, right? That's right. Uh, yeah. So that, that is a factor here. And keep in mind, uh, the Senate president had a tough re-election last year. Uh, Governor, obviously, Governor McKee is going to have a tough election next year. Joe Shikarchi's got a million dollars and probably no opponent. He can flex his muscles here um, almost as much as he wants.
1: Yeah, 600 people were there, uh, but it was certainly noticeable of who was not there. Now, folks, other stories in the Boston Globe. Dan McGowan under the category All Things Come Back, to Rhode Island. You have the uh, incident at the Boston Garden and a fan throws something at Kyrie Irving. And then, lo and behold, Bull. I mean, he is a URI student. I can't believe the buildup that there's going to be around this kid going to court.
0: Oh my god, it's gonna! It is going to be like huh. a mur- like a murder trial. Yes. <laughs> um. And you know, the kid's gonna get. Uh, he'll probably the you know the worst thing that's going to happen to him. I'm sure he will be. Uh. You know, he'll have to either plead out or plead. You know, the, I'm sure he, this guy's not going to get jail time for, for this no. kind of thing, but he is going to get banned probably for life. From the garden um, and he is going to be treated like an axe murderer uh, when, you know, he, may, he did something stupid. There's no question you shouldn't be throwing things at athletes or whatever, um, but this is going to be treated, um, you know, way bigger than it probably normally would be.
1: Yeah, totally blown out of proportion. No, on top of that, folks, there's a big story in the Boston Globe. And I, I wanna make sure that we give him credit. Governor McKee, it is big now. I mean, he has seen the pandemic through, no mass uh required. Are you? I'm surprised that he's he's still having a COVID briefing on Thursday. What is the the COVID? I thought we that was the end of the COVID briefing. That was having still having one tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know how much news you can, how much more news you can okay. make, right? Uh, you know, we're getting to a point where uh, you know, we're talking about uh, the test positive rate as you know under 05 percent now. Um, and, 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 you know, you're seeing, I think, I think yesterday was, or, or maybe Sunday was the first time since, Mar- since last March that we had zero hospital admissions. Um, so it's been a, you know, the, clearly we're winding down here. Uh, my guess, and you and I have talked about this, John, is, is uh, my guess is he's going to try to continue to be on TV as much as possible. Oh, yeah. And Why so it, it, it in some ways makes sense for what he's trying to do in terms of getting reelected, but for yeah. the. Serious substance. I mean, we're getting rid of the, the mask, and is over. Or is, is the mask no longer required as of today for outdoor. Uh, you know, anything outdoors. Uh, You're. You know, we are effectively done. Uh, you know, I mean, again, could get a variant, all those things, but. Uh, I'm not sure how much news, how much more news you can make other than maybe he just comes on television and says, I just want everyone to know that I'm running for governor
1: now. I guess. <laughs> I mean, I have to wait. I mean, I guess I'll go, but I don't even know what to ask about the COVID thing. Now, Dan McGowan, there's also a big story in the Boston Globe, and this is uh, regarding Attorney General Peter Naroda and approving the sale of Roger Williams and Fatima Hospital. Now, this is definitely in the weeds, but... I'll tell you, this this is a, a big story, and I know that uh, you know that some people were a little surprised at just how aggressive he was being on this.
0: Well, what he did, uh, and you're right, it's way in the weeds when it comes to hospital conversions and things like that, but the key thing that people should know that happened here is uh, Attorney General Peter Nerona called the hospital's bluff, and they said, you know what, we're forward with you know this this merger and uh, remember this is separate from the the Rhode Island Hospital or the, the Care New England lifespan this is uh, prospect and so the basically the Attorney General said a couple of weeks ago hey I want a bunch of conditions set including the number one thing being you know I want millions and millions of dollars in escrow so that you know we're not in a situation where you spin off these uh, you know sell these these hospitals and everybody's left holding the bag and they said, nope, we won't do it. We're going we're gonna to pull out of negotiations. And here we are a couple of weeks later, and that's exactly what they're willing to do. Uh, and so the attorney general deserves, I think, a lot of credit here. He, he you know, stood his ground, faced some pressure, and uh, it seemingly got a better kind of deal for Rhode Island. So, you know, you will have uh, – it appears you will have this hospital – uh, situation kind of uh, move forward and then and then at the back burner here is or or the, the separate conversation is this much larger lifespan and care new england merger uh which you know is, is con- it continues to be vetted and you know i think there's months and months of discussion to come on that so the, lots of hospital th- you know issues for the attorney general to uh to be dealing with right now
1: and dan mcgowan this is the one-year anniversary you were up till 4 a.m chronicling <laughs> the providence <laughs> riot that started on a monday night june 1st around 11 11 and then boom exploded until four o'clock in the morning on on uh, the on the tuesday morning which was uh, G- june 2nd that was then followed by the press conference outside the mall with governor mundo and mayor lorza what are your thoughts on this a year later what do you remember about this
0: well i mean it's one of those moments and you know you and i both had a couple of them over the course of the last maybe decade or so you think about, uh, you know, the Gordon Fox raids at the state house, you think about, you know, some of the big moments that we've had over the course of again, the last decade, this is right there at the top of all of them. I mean, oh, yeah. you and I remember talking about it, you know, uh, I remember the, you know, of course you had all everything that happened at the, you know, by the state house and by the mall, raiding the mall, setting the car, the police car on fire, all of that. And I remember, you know, what, what I remember even more than that was as things are starting to maybe wind down just a little bit, we're in the middle of the night, maybe 2, 3 a.m., you get a call from somebody and they say, you know, you should get down to Westminster Street right by City Hall. Uh, it's it's crazy down there. And I got down there and th- because all the police were everywhere else, right, we're, we're focusing on uh, still on the mall, uh, you had pure chaos People wow. breaking windows, running into so, stores. Uh, and so, you know, the, the what's interesting is uh, I know that I think Tim White from Channel 12 did a really great job of, of, of summing this up and, and breaking this down with uh, Chief Clements and, and Commissioner Perry. Um, you know, I'm interested to see how many of these folks have uh, actually been, I think only one person got jail time so far. Yeah. So there, there's a little bit of that that's very interesting. And then, you know, there's this other conversation about, what you know how much has happened how much has changed since you know i think the public discussion maybe has changed but you haven't seen significant law changes you haven't seen um, you know you haven't seen all that much dramatic change and so it'll be interesting to see how much pressure and i like how much this summer you know could have another riot or another you know months of protests it's not it is certainly not out of question that you'll have more of this especially as we're coming out of a pandemic
1: has in your mind has the city recovered from the riot from last summer
0: not a chance no, no. i mean the answer is no right you you yeah. no, part of it is certainly the pandemic it, you know it plays a, a significant role i would say they haven't recovered from something that's still happening either but you're right I think the perception of, of yep. Providence has changed a lot. I think people are uh, particularly, I think they're concerned about what they're getting into when they come into the city. I think some business owners are very hesitant about, um, you know, about, about reopening or about, you know, maybe expanding their business. So no, I, I, I think the, the city hasn't yet recovered. Uh, hopefully it will because you got to have that downtown a little more vibrant you know it it is it is still very much a ghost town um, and i'm there every day so i I can say that with pretty with pretty good authority
1: and i was there the other night with the the war memorial how that was vandalized and it's just terrible and it is kind of eerie folks each day i start off uh with a free email that i receive it's called roadmap and it's put together by dm mcgowan everything you need to know also has direct links to various stories And, Dan, if you don't mind, I'd like if you could offer it to the people listening.
0: And you summed it up even better than I could. It's got original reporting from me, you know, analysis, uh, you know, something new. Every day you're going to see something you probably haven't seen elsewhere. Um, And then on top of that, all the coverage, our stories, you know, from the Rhode Island section of the GLOW. And then has really interesting political stories nationally really interesting stuff that's going on in massachusetts a breakdown of what's happening in rhode island where's the governor today what's you know the big hearing at the state house and the easiest thing you can do it's completely free you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow if you just send a blank email to rinews at globe.com rinews at globe.com and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow
1: Dan McGowan, great job. Stay safe and we'll talk to you again. All right,
0: talk soon. Thanks, John.
1: MEGA Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today 401 431 2300. MEGA MEGA Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, Third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. Mega Logistics, 401-431-2300. We're in an accident. Someone hits your vehicle. It's damaged in some way. Pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know you could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention, how about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body 401-272-3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you not the insurance company. And 3, they'll make your car, it'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body, call them 401-272-3340. Did someone damage your vehicle, whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today 401-272-3340 and remember, if you are in an accident, the first thing you want to do, call the police. Fill out a lot of police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. It's spring, and Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island is your lawn care company. Call them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. Check out their website, LawnDoctor.com, your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call them now. Get that spring program you have the fertilizer then you guaranteed broadleaf crabgrass control your best lawn ever guaranteed call lawn doctor today check out their website lawndoctor.com or call them 401-392-1025